Well, happy December. Now, it seems to me, is there something special about December? Kids, am I forgetting something? Is there something that happens this month that might be something that you're looking forward to? Christmas. <laughs> Christmas happens in December. And are any of you looking forward to that? I know a couple kids here at least have been looking forward to it, right, Ruthie and Noah? You've already have produced your Christmas list. For some of you kids, you might find it hard to believe, but I can remember what it was like to be young, to be a young boy waiting for Christmas. I remember what it was like to look forward to Christmas morning. Now, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. You children who are here today, do you realize the blessing that is yours to be raised in a Christian home? To have parents who love the Lord. That's a great blessing. And don't ever fail to recognize that. Now because I wasn't raised in a Christian home. To me Christmas was all about the presents. And oh how I thought about those presents. Back then kids before the thing called the internet. You would have to wait to get a catalog delivered in the mail. And then you would pour through those catalogs. Did anybody else do that as well? And I know in, in my family, we got just two catalogs. And what were they? The Sears and the J.C. Penny. And was it Penny's? It was the Wish Book. Yep. And maybe I wasn't the only one. I'm seeing some head nods. Do you remember sitting with those books in your lap, those catalogs, going over them just once and then setting it down, never to look at it again for the rest of the month, right? No. What did you do? You poured over it, over and over and over again. Maybe making a list, yay long, or, or put, making the, the page be dog-eared, or whatever it was. Now, kids, let me ask you, how sure are you that there'll be a Christmas for you this year? How sure are you that you're actually going to get at least a couple presents? How do you know that you will? How do you know that there'll be Christmas this year, How do you know that you can expect to get presents? You have a confidence in that, don't you? You have a hope that Christmas will come and that presents will come that day as well. And it's a sure hope. I think that's something that we can all learn. We can all learn from our own childhoods as we look back, or we can learn from kids in our lives today. That we can learn that hope, that way that children hope for and wait for Christmas with that eager expectation and with that sure, confident hope. With that, I'll invite you to 
Open your Bibles to Psalm 130. If you're using a pew Bible, you can find them on page 518. You know, Advent is a time of expectation. It's a season of looking forward to something, of waiting for something or someone to come. And on this first Sunday of Advent, its theme is hope. And this psalm that we have before us today presents some very important questions for us to consider as people of faith. What are you most looking forward to? On what is your heart most set upon? In and for what are you most hoping? Let's look at our passage today. Let's turn our attention again to the reading of God's holy, living, and inerrant word. The word of the Lord from Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen in the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is God's word for you today. The grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord shall endure forever. Pray with me. Lord God, we thank you for your enduring word. We thank you for hope. We thank you for your spirit. Lord, through your enduring word, your enduring spirit working together, may they cause a enduring hope to be generated in our hearts and in our lives, we pray. Amen. Well, Psalm 130 is one of the Psalms of Ascent. The Psalms of Ascent, Psalms 120 to 134, were songs that Jewish pilgrims would sing as they traveled up to Jerusalem, as they traveled there for the various Jewish religious holidays, days like Passover or the, the Day of Atonement. And just like those journeys, the writer of Psalm 130 takes us on a bit of a journey as well. Why do we need Advent? Why do we need the psalm? We need Advent and we need the psalm because we need hope. And for the writer of the psalm, his, his journey to hope begins in a place of despair. Look at verses 1 and 2 if you would. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. For if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? 
the psalmist is overwhelmed by his sense of need. We need hope. And we need Advent because we have many overwhelming needs. And we're reminded of our great need, our our great debt to God because of our sin. We're reminded of that in the pages of Holy Scripture. That's why it's so important that we spend regular time in God's Word where we see that need for Him. But not only in Scripture do we read about our need for the Lord, but we also there learn about God's full and sufficient provision for those needs, presented fully in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. We learn about our neediness in Scripture. We also learn about that just as we live our daily lives. Or daily we see our, how our sin, our misery, our heartache, they're so profound, so overwhelming, either because of things that we do ourselves or ways that we have been sinned against by others. Ways that we recognize our brokenness. Ways that we suffer under the brokenness of others. And the response to that brokenness that we all bear in our lives and in our relationships, those things all cause us to cry out to the Lord. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. O Lord, hear my pleas for mercy. In the face of that brokenness and our neediness, we see that we all have great need for Advent. And so again to that question, what are we waiting for? What are you hoping for? The psalmist shows us the proper answer to that question. Look at verse 5. I wait for the Lord. Yes, we wait and we hope for Christmas. But more importantly than that, we wait for the Lord. In the ages leading up to the time of Christ, the the people of God waited upon the Lord. They waited for a baby who, as Darren and Kim read to us about this morning, would be called Emmanuel, God with us. They waited for the baby who, when an old man named Simeon was told by God that he would see Messiah before he would die, when he saw Jesus be brought into the temple as a newborn child, Simeon then said, Now, Lord, let me die in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. The people of God waited for the one who would be the fulfillment of God's word. And that's who and what Jesus is. Jesus is the the fulfillment of God's Word. He's the fulfillment of every promise that the Father ever made in Scripture. Look at verse 5. The psalmist even makes reference to that. In His Word, I hope. And Jesus is the Word of God made flesh who dwelt among us and we have beheld His glory. The glory of the one and only who has come from the Father. 
And he's the one that we wait for as well. He's the one in whom we wait and hope for. He's the reason for Advent. He's the reason that we as as men and women and boys and girls, Jesus is the reason that we can have hope. Look at verse 3. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. God has heard your pleas for mercy. And he's answered those pleas in his son Jesus and in his atoning work for you on the cross. We can have hope because of 1 Peter 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus and the love and mercy of God the Father is our basis and the focus of our hope. Is the Lord that for you? That's his desire. It's his desire that he would be our greatest desire. Verse 6, my soul waits for the Lord. Is that true of you? How is it that we should wait and long for and desire the Lord? Well, we do that, Scripture tells us in Psalm 42, in the same way in which a deer in the desert longs for water. Psalm 42, 11, As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. How are we to wait for the Lord? We're to wait for the Lord with an eager expectation. More than watchmen in the morning. More than watchmen in the morning. We're told in verse 6. The watchman in night knows that morning is coming. He has a sure expectation. He's certain that it will come. And that's how we're to wait and to look for the Lord in that same way. We're to wait for the Lord with that same sense of certainty with that same sense of sure expectation that a young child waits for Christmas morning to come. Or to wait for the Lord with a sure hope, with a certain hope that he will come, just like that child knows that surely Christmas morning will come. That's the hope of Advent. And the hope of Advent is Jesus. As we celebrate Advent, we celebrate the coming of Jesus. We celebrate the coming of the one whom we've been enabled to recognize is the Lord himself. We celebrate his first coming, where he lived a perfect life of obedience, perfectly fulfilling God's law in a way that you and I fail to. That's why there's this long list of iniquities that's attached to our name that the psalmist makes reference of in verse 3. But this same Jesus who 
fulfilled the law perfectly, died the death that we deserve to die. And in doing that, he became our salvation. For in him, we see the steadfast love of the Lord personified. And in him is plentiful redemption, as we're told in verse 7. This Jesus gave his life as a ransom for all who would receive him as their God and King. For he has redeemed us from our iniquities, as it says here in verse 8. And because of that, we have hope. Because Jesus is our hope. But this isn't just a hope in the first coming of Jesus and the hope of forgiveness of sin, as great as that is. But our hope is also in a future coming of Christ, a second advent, a second coming of Christ when Jesus will win the final battle with the enemy of our souls. The Lord is the hope of our souls, but we also have an enemy of our souls. And our enemy, Scripture says, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And in the second coming of Jesus, Jesus will win that final battle with Satan. And just like Christmas morning, that victory is sure. It will surely come. And because of that, we can have a certain expectation. So again, as we begin this Advent season, I ask you, what are you waiting for? What are you hoping for? And I want to encourage you to to consider that question seriously. Ponder that question. What are you hoping for? What are you praying for? these days you are praying aren't you what what might you pray for in this coming year do you recognize what some of the desires of your heart are what about the desires that the lord has for you as one who trusts in him I want to encourage you and and i i want to encourage myself as well to to seriously ponder as 2023 comes to a conclusion as we're on the cusp of a new year what are some things that you should be praying for this next year what areas of your life represent the depths in your heart and soul that cry out to the lord in despair what, what are some pleas that you would like for the Lord's ears to be attentive to in this coming year? Let me encourage you to make a list of those kinds of prayer requests. Do that these next weeks. Prepare your heart for the turning of the calendar. What are the cries of your heart for yourself, for your family, your neighbors, your co-workers, your friends, write those down and then pray over that list with an eager expectation, looking for the Lord to grant those things that you are asking him for. 
And I invite you to share those things with me, with Amy, with your elders, with your brothers and sisters in Christ here at Newport as well. Let's pray for one another. Let's share those heart concerns with one another as Amy has done these last couple of weeks about the salvation of her two brothers. Beloved of God, I pray that we would all know the hope that is Jesus. I pray that we would all know the hope of Advent. I pray that we would all have an eager expectation of His second coming, of His activity in our lives and in the world. And that we would place our hope on and in Him always. More than a watchman in the morning and more than a child waiting for Christmas morning. One final point, the the follower of Christ can know a hope like this because it's the Lord himself is is our source of hope. Not only is he our hope, but he's also the giver of hope. Romans 15, 13, Paul's prayer for the Christians in Rome. And I'm convinced the Lord's desire for you and I as well. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Our Father in heaven is the God of hope. And he delights to cause his people to abound in hope through the power of his Holy Spirit, whom he's poured out upon us. Pray with me again, please. Lord God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the God of hope. And we thank you that you are the God who delights to give hope. Lord, cause hope to abound in us again. Lord, show us those places in our hearts. Maybe some of those are readily known to us. Those pleas that we cry out for mercy. And Lord, for some of us, maybe we've lost touch with our hearts. And even to ourselves, our hearts may feel cold and dead. But Lord, we thank you that your word tells us that we do not have a cold, dead heart. But through faith in Jesus, you have caused us to be born again to a living hope. You have caused us to have a new heart. You have removed the heart of stone and replaced it with a heart of flesh that is warm and responsive to you. But Lord, we acknowledge that For us to have a new living heart, Jesus, you had to pay a price for that. And that price was your precious blood, which was poured out on Calvary for sinners such as us. Lord, show us all those reasons that we can hope, that we can have a hope. But most importantly, be our hope, we pray. Amen. I'll invite the elders down as we prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper.
For our words of institution, I'll read from 1 Corinthians 11, which speak to us about the reason for our hope, both the hope that comes from Christ's first advent and the hope that comes from his second. Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Do you see in that last verse how in that last verse it speaks of both his first coming And his second coming. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death, his first coming, until he comes, until he comes again in glory, his second coming. Lord God, Jesus, we thank you for your two advents. We thank you for your first advent in a manger outside of Bethlehem. We thank you, Lord, for your second advent, your second coming. But, Lord, truly, there are many other advents as well. You have come into our hearts in a saving way. Lord, perhaps for some here that's not yet happened, I pray that this very morning you might do that. Come to any and all, Lord, in faith. And then you come to us over and over and over again. Because that's who you are. You are Emmanuel, the God who is with us. Be with us again now as we partake of this holy meal. Father, I pray that you take these common elements of bread and juice and wine and set them apart for your holy purposes. Lord, so that you would grow our faith. So that you would grow our hope. In your name we pray. Amen.